like the marketing is is so technical now that the the technical side of it you you can learn that that's easy if you are a creative person the game is yours once you've learned the technical side because these Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to Investing Yourself, the Digital Entrepreneur Podcast. I am, of course, your host with the most Phil Better, and this episode, we're investing in Sophia Walker, the master digital marketer. Now, me and Sophia talk a whole bunch of uh, topics ranging from a B2B clients and B2C clients, and how her work has helped her connect with like the United Nations, the BBC so many other great organizations and she gives me some tips to help a client of mine so with all that said let's just jump right into it let's get listening to what Sophia has to say obviously I remember you telling me that you wanted to get so so big that people had to come check you out so um, hopefully it works it, it does work it's interesting um, exclusivity is a very interesting marketing tool Clever, it works. Oh, excellent. All right. So, getting really started. Sophia, thank you for being on the show. It's a pleasure to have you. Now, for people who don't know, a quick introduction. Uh, hi, I am Sophia Walker. I'm a digital marketing strategist and a content specialist. Um, I started as a political journalist and then end up selling writing in every single form you can consider. And as soon as you start speech writing and writing for public agencies at a high level, you, you can start getting them to hire you to do anything else for them. And digital marketing strategy pays significantly better. And I've... <laughs> uh, <laughs> I've recently started um, consulting for startups, for small and medium-sized businesses. Um, it's kind of more interesting to step away from the enterprise level stuff, uh, particularly in social media, because the smaller you are, the more agile you are. And from a marketing perspective, that's fun. And the mm. most fun is marketing on a $0 budget. Oh, that must be an interesting, uh, that's a good challenge to have. Yeah. It, it is. And it, it doesn't, I mean, you, you need more runway. If you have a short amount of time, you can't afford to do that because not mm. everything goes viral. But if you have the luxury of time, it is so much fun to do. Oh my God. Yeah. Cause you, you, you get to test and you don't have to worry too much because your AB tests get to be bigger and better. Mm -hmm. and you yeah. Have and you, you, you have to scrabble for an audience in much more interesting ways. Like the, the marketing world is only just starting to care about personalization. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and you have to get personal and you have to start going on a Reddit forums and, and developing relationships and you start thinking about how they do B2B sales, but you're trying to replicate that en masse for a B2C product. Yeah. And it's it's doable. You just have to assume that we didn't know anything right before. So yeah. forget everything you've been taught and just think about what are people like and go from there. That's that's huge. Oh my God. I've been, most of my guests and some of the people that I've actually worked for, worked with, they actually came to me in my DMs pretty much. They linked up with me either through LinkedIn or on Facebook. And that's how I started working with the smaller businesses. And I've, it, it works on me. So it must work on everybody. It works completely. When I have a, a high-end digital marketing client, usually one of the first places that I'm getting them to spend time is, um, LinkedIn, number one, and then uh, SlideShare, number two. Oh, I haven't even started on SlideShare yet. If you're looking at thought leadership in any kind of way, or if you're in the B2B space, SlideShare is a really, really good space to be in. And it's, it's interesting if you look into it, right? Because it's all about PowerPoint decks. Yeah. But you are four times more likely to make the front page with a one-slide infographic that's really clever than you are with an entire perfect 15, 20-slide deck. Hmm. And that makes sense because our our uh, attention span is dropping dramatically. Like you have to really sell what you're talking about in 30 seconds or less. Exactly. Because everybody's because of social media, everybody's busy. There's so much noise out there. Yeah. And infographics are also harder to get right. So a good one tends it's, it's incredibly shareable and it's usually evergreen. Yeah. It makes sense because if one person can use it on in their thing and they make it so that everybody can use it, it's even better because yeah. you, you're cutting down the work other people have to do. And and once something that you have that you can see as evergreen in, in any kind of way um, gains traction, 
mark that and share it every year share it every time that topic comes up oh, if yeah. it works it works yeah there's no there's no harm in reusing content like facebook makes it so that people reshare their memories so why would yeah. you reshare uh, a content that you know goes viral because it can double jump the vir virality because it it punctures deeper into the consciousness of society I think we forget, particularly um, when you're starting out in entrepreneurship, and if you haven't necessarily done things to scale before, you, f you can forget how many times a human being needs to see something before it has an impact. Yeah, it's, it's insane how often, and like, I think it's, you, it's tripled probably even more now with social media because it's, there's so much out there. Like you have people who don't use social media or use it sparingly. And then you have the people who are always on it. So they're getting inundated with all this marketing stuff because everybody's yeah. marketing now, you know, so. Yeah. And it's, it's difficult. I think, um, I think what's useful is there are hard numbers involved. Like there are sort of benchmarks that if you are trying to be a digital entrepreneur, you can go and Google and, and use them as guardrails for yourself. Like, um, we met on a, on a comment thread about podcasting because mm -hmm. someone was talking about advice being unsuccessful. And I, I came in with, with some responses. And one of the things that struck me is they talked about um, 4 million people. And it's like, well, it, it doesn't actually work that way because if you've bought 4 million ads, how many impressions did you buy? Yeah, it's uh, unfortunately, yeah, like you were saying on the podcasting, a lot of people don't know about, okay, what are the KPIs? What are your key matrix that you need to hit? And yeah. so there's no one in podcasting talking about that, or there's so little, you can't trust them or like, oh, I got 5,000 downloads this month. Is that good? Well, it depends. Like yeah. how many did you get on an episode? How many fully listened to your episode? How many comment, you know, like I can go out and buy a bot that will download my podcast a billion mm -hmm. times. Doesn't make me successful. If you're, if you're a digital entrepreneur in whatever way you want to be that, you need to understand that because you're committing to trying to make a business, there's some stuff you just need to know. You know, like I'm, I'm in digital marketing strategy now, but I, um, I've sold product lines. I've sold out a wine. I've sold out books. Um, I've negotiated a licensing deal. Um, I've negotiated movie options. I've been in all different kinds of sales and it, it, it all follows similar models. Like you have to, you can't sell to someone with one ad, you have to take them through a process. And as soon as you're digital, you have such an advantage because that whole process is trackable, which means if you're a digital entrepreneur just starting out with a small business, you don't need to reinvent the wheel and you don't even need to learn the whole wheel. You can hit Google, you can go on moz.com, you can go on the HubSpot Academy and you can, if you give it a month dedicated, reading a couple hours a day, every day after work, you can teach yourself everything you need to know off those two sites for free inside a month. Mm -hmm. But you need to know what a KPI is. You need to know which ones to, to look for. You need to understand that one ad has one purpose. You need to know how to run an A-B test. And, and if you don't want to bother to spend the time to learn yourself, that's absolutely fine. Put aside the money and hire someone. Otherwise you're not running a business. No, it's a hobby, it's a passion. And I, I, I found that out with my uh, first podcast, which ended up burning me out because mm -hmm. I was trying to do too much, but I didn't want to spend any money on it. Right. Because I was like, oh, yeah. podcasting is supposed to be free and easy to do for hobbyists. But if you want to make it big and successful, like Joe Rogan or Stephen Fry or any of those guys who, are, who have millions of downloads, well, you're going to have to invest some time in it. Like you said, go to HubSpot and read up on the marketing just so you know what marketing yeah. is because you have to market your podcast. And like for the longest time, I thought, oh, I'll just post it in support groups and that's where I'll get all my listeners. No. Yeah. <laughs> no, they but don't. But I would, I, I would also say that anyone entering the digital space because the difficulty is that like we, we don't really understand what brand means, right? Because everyone mm -hmm. knows right now they need to build a brand that's a really light way of referring to reputation. Yeah. That's what it is. And, and if you are one person behind that company, that's, that's your reputation. And on, in the digital space, honestly, everything is significantly more permanent than it was before. We're finding people, you know, not able to go to university four years later for stuff they tweeted in, in, in 2015. Like take that as a lesson. Your reputation in the digital space is going to follow you. 
And so what are you doing as an entrepreneur? What are the impacts that might, that might have? How are people going to feel about affiliate marketing in five, 10 years down the line? They might feel fine about some of those links. Mm-hmm. I come from the queer community. I don't know anyone who is going anywhere near Under Armour, Yangling or New Balance ever again because they were all Trump donors. Yep. And, and it's it's one of those things. So like if, if you're making business decisions, particularly starting out in entrepreneurship in, in this format where everything is trackable and you are potentially going to have to answer at every point, do you understand enough about marketing to understand the negative sides of the ways you may be choosing to, to monetize your product or your media channels? Yeah, it's, it's, it's very true. It's um, it, the same thing is kind of like happening now. Like uh, bringing in the Trump supporters that you talked about, like what happened at, at the Capitol uh, this week. And people are and like, some of them are like, what do you mean? We were just like the BML people. We were f- peacefully protesting and then they attacked us. What, what, what do you mean? Like, these aren't our cops. And it's like, no, you guys violently protested. You, you were terrorists. Big difference and I'm- between- I'm, I'm an immigrant, so I can't um, legally comment, um, but I would certainly um, applaud if I was legally allowed to applaud your comments. <laughs> it's, it's fine. I'm not American either, so it's, it's okay. I'm Canadian. Um, so I, can... I love Montreal. It's a fantastic place. It is, and I'm from Montreal. <laughs> see, yeah, no, I looked it up. I've been on your site, so I wanted to Ooh. see what you were doing. Oh, excuse me. Um, yeah, no, I love uh, Montreal is a great city. It's a great place now with the digital marketing because it's there's so there's not a lot of French companies doing it. So I have a nice little in there that I can speak French and help them out there. So it's nice. And uh, it actually got me a, a, a guest, a huge uh, entrepreneur, uh, uh, founder of a, a startup hub in France. Yeah, I know. I was like, oh my God. Plus the, uh, the help from one of my other guests, he's a LinkedIn uh, specialist and he, uh, he gave me some advice and I used it and I ended up getting this CEO founder of a startup who owns a rugby team. Wow. Yeah. See, this is the thing you, you can usually get um, C-suite level executives pretty easily on podcasts because they're hearing more and more from their marketing departments that they need to position themselves as thought leaders because we can monetize that for the company. Mm-hmm. And I'm also trying to get my day-to-day job to allow me to build their podcast network inside because it's so beneficial if you have that addition to the brand. It's just trying to get to the right person to talk to is hard. It is difficult. And then and then getting them to understand, because you are talking for a podcast episode that works, you're talking about significantly more man hours than I think anyone understands who hasn't done one. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's then understanding how many different ways that can be repurposed. Like the thing about content marketing, especially is you don't ever produce a single piece of content that just stays one piece of content. Nope. It, and you... Mm. Go ahead, you sorry. learn how to do it quickly. You know, you, you learn how to toss through them and you can have eight things off one thing inside like two, three hours. Mm-hmm. Like there, and, and it's not just hard for you to figure it out. Cause there's people who are doing it for you. There's, there's companies being created that you can put in your stuff and it will create the content for you. Like it's yep. not the best content, but like, it's the template for you to work on and build it to betterness, you know? So like, that's what's so great about the the internet. Great things are just coming out of nowhere. Like you said, HubSpot Academy wasn't around when I started podcasting. Yeah. And now it's like the, one of the places to go to for people to get information on marketing. Yeah, and it's as long as you as long as you're willing to like google the stuff that you don't know. Mm-hmm. It it's it's user friendly enough. Um SEO is a point that you're going to have difficulty teaching yourself and getting very good at data analytics, where if you're in digital entrepreneurship, where you're in any kind of e-commerce or you are talking about being D2C as, as your business model, I would really advocate at a certain point, you go and do an analytics course. Because understanding how to read that stuff, how to adjust it, particularly how to do multivariate testing, it's going to save your company so much money in, in the long run. And the amount of money people who do that well cost is just not in the budget of a startup. No, it's And not. it's it's if you are an entrepreneur, right? It, 
you have to think unless you want to stay a small business. And the sad reality is that 80% of companies that um, under $50 million in annual revenue never sell. So your, your chance of becoming the, the kind of company, size company that, that you want is, is, is relatively small. It's particularly small by yourself. Mm-hmm. So if you have to put a team around you, what are you bringing to that team? And it's expertise in your space is not necessarily enough. You'll need expertise in your space and an incredible network and something else that you can bring to the table. And if that third thing is marketing, it's people are really only starting to understand the importance of it now. Like for, for companies like Sony, we're talking about 2% of annual revenue being their budget. You're increasingly seeing the, the chief marketing officer being put on the board. Companies are, are getting it. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's something that like some comp, like major corporations, like, like it, who's the face? Uh, if you think of Amazon, you automatically think of Jeff Bezos. If you think of uh, Berkshire Hathaway, it's Warren Buffett. Uh, Microsoft, it's Bill Gates. They all businesses need that face, and yep. you need you need to have that face because our generation are don't trust faceless entities anymore because we saw how it burned us, and so that's the way society is going. Yeah. And that's one of the the massive advantages that a a digital entrepreneur has immediately, you know, because so like I interestingly, as a as a hobby, I came up in spoken word. Um, I started doing spoken word as a as a hobby in in bars when I was 20. And before I knew it, people were paying me to go around the world. And then the UN hired me to write for them. And and now I'm here. Everything went batshit. But I I literally (laughs) COVID fucked everything up. It's okay. No, I just, I, you don't expect to go from that terrible, awful YouTube shit. I never did the awful YouTube shit. Don't worry. I didn't okay. have gestures. It wasn't bad. <laughs> I didn't expect it to, to lead to marketing. But the reason that it did is because if I came up in an industry that's in front of a live audience and there is immediate feedback. So I'm incredibly skilled in adjusting my message, but also being sensitive to how my message is being received as it's going out. Mm-hmm. That's a barrier that you have inside a podcast episode, but nowhere else in the digital space do you have that barrier. You can measure people's response to your message in real time, which means that you can continually adjust it. And the other advantage I had is that everyone assumes they know that audience. You don't. You know who you, you want your audience to be. That is not necessarily who your audience is. You need to number one, find out who your audience is and then work out how to give them what they want that meets what you're trying to do but that that rock hard lesson in marketing that you don't know who your audience is you need to make sure was the most useful thing that that coming up in you know bar entertainment ever could have done and it's a lesson that I'll never forget and it's it's something that's so easy to forget when you're just looking at numbers and digital identities on a screen and demographics and like excuse my French, fuck demographics, <laughs> psychographics. When you're looking at targeting, pay attention to psychographics. Demo- sure, I mean, my dad talks about demographics. He's 74, lovely. He barely knows what Twitter is. They're pointless. <laughs> it's, it's the behavioral shit. Yeah, because that's that's where we're moving towards. Like before marketing, we marketing and getting numbers were so hard because we didn't have the programs or the systems in place like today we do. So they mm-hmm. were like, what is the basic categories we can put people in demographics their age their sex that's it if they're married they're single that's all we need to know about them but now yeah. we can go down to what's your favorite football team what's your job what's like you can pinpoint yeah. in accuracy like your exact client that you want or the exact listener you want by using the the demographics and the psychoanalyticals that facebook and all these other platforms have like as bad as they are they've taken marketing to the next level with absolutely information that you have and it's only going to get more and more like soon every company is going to be have their own facebook every company is going to have their own youtube every company is going to have their own amazon probably you know it's going to be interesting seeing how uh privacy culture changes all of that like you know the war between facebook and apple over apple data privacy protocol Mm -hmm. is is fascinating and the effect that that has on marketers and i'm watching all of my american marketing friends and some of my clients can completely wig out and i've been dealing with gdpr for for the first 10 years of my career this is exactly gdpr like if you can Mm -hmm. sell to anyone in the eu you, you don't need to really worry about the apple facebook changes you just get better at what you do 
like the marketing is, is so technical now that the, the technical side of it, you, you can learn that that's easy. If you are a creative person, the game is yours once you've learned the technical side. Because these people, they're not creative. They just built an automated system and went, cool, we can chill, that'll work. And no, it won't. Humans don't function like that. We don't function like that anymore because we keep getting finding out. Like we're finding out more and more about the lies that technically were told before. Like it was with like cigarettes. Let's take cigarettes, for example. For the longest time, we were told cigarettes are great. They're healthy. The doctor smokes. And then coming into the 80s and 90s, there was this huge push like, no, cigarettes are fucking bad for you. And then now it's like the health warnings on the cigarettes, you know, like there's like say no to cigarettes. Whereas when I was growing up, it was kind of like, oh yeah, everyone smokes. You can smoke on a plane. It's okay. <laughs> I remember that. Ugh. And now it's like, I remember when bars in Montreal uh, stopped allowing smoking indoors. Like they were not allowed, you weren't allowed to smoke indoors. And everybody's like, my right to smoke, my right to smoke. You know, you're taking away my freedom. Now everybody's like, what are you doing smoking inside? <laughs> and for privacy, going back to that, I think it's going to be because a lot of people were like, oh, you have to be careful. You can't share anything on the internet to now you're like ordering an, a car from a stranger and food from strangers to deliver them to your house. Like people can find you easily, but there's now a switch to, because business owners I'm seeing are going harder into the uh, social media, they're putting their privacy by keeping their family private or they're keeping certain things private now. Whereas before, you were putting everything online, if you will. But the effects for um, any kind of digital digital apprentice in terms of the the privacy changes is more in terms of tracking like mm -hmm. we we now have so much information on our customers and most of it's behind an idfa like you, you have an anonymized number but we know all your purchases and how how often you're on that site and this that and the other and apple's just brought in a change where we're not going to have access to any of that information for anyone in apple so that completely changes the way that you market to people because you suddenly realize that okay i'm still going to be getting all this tracking data but i need to be aware that that's really only for android users and those are different people. That's a different age group. It's a it's different economic sectors. You mm -hmm. know, like I'm not rich. I have an Android. I've never owned an Apple product in my life. So you can still track me, but I can't get tracking information on all the rich people I actually want to sell to because they have the bank account. So funny enough, banks already have all that information. I I'm, I work in yeah. the banking industry, so like the targeting and, and it's funny because people are like, oh, banks is okay. They they can literally know when you're about to have a child the the information that banks have on you is insane compared to what apple and facebook have on you because mm. i i can with the information they can literally with just the information they have as a client they can take that information and put it in facebook even without the apple yeah and there's um there's a lot of companies that are that are more intensively starting to to manually do that like i had yeah. a client recently who was telling me that they were they were trying to understand um, without having to go through customer personae and, and that whole professional rigmarole. They were trying to get a clearer idea of who their customer segmentations were. And I was like, honestly, get an intern and go and sit on Twitter. Who is following you on Twitter? Go and look at every single Twitter account. Who is following you on Facebook? Who's engaging with your stuff? Manually go and look through and do it that way. How many people are these age groups? How many people from these countries? You know, it's it's gonna give you, it's not qualitative analysis, but it's it's gonna start giving you a rough indication. Like if, if you don't have the ability to, to go and do a full survey of, of your customer segmentation, sit on Twitter and look at profiles and work it out. Yeah, it's, it's if you have to build it yourself to get the information, and there's a lot of data scientists that will be more than happy that no coding to do that for you even. Yeah. And so that, which is great because that's giving uh, giving back to the sciences where we weren't listening to the sciences for so long. Yeah, I would say if you're a digital entrepreneur um, navigating any of these areas, if you are teaching yourself this, particularly in terms of tracking, if you are not using existing systems that you have paid for, 
be really, really careful because the existing systems, they pay attention, like California has a different protocol and we can't legally track people from California in the same way we can from the rest of the states, mm-hmm. um, the Europe again. And if I'm, if I'm, you know, setting up um, tracking through, you know, Hootsuite or whatever, they're automatically going to make sure that I'm not breaking the law. Yeah. But if I'm trying to rig stuff together by myself and I'm manually tracking people off my own email list that I built, be really careful because people get massively sued for that. Like the, the second you are tracking data and if you are storing data, like the, these are legal issues and they're very, very important to stay on top of. Yeah. When I say building it yourself, this is when you're at a place where you have the funds to hire a team to build your, as a business, build it so that it, it is compliant with all the rules. Before you get saying, we, we don't know who's listening to your podcast, that's true, but that's as, true. as a digital marketing strategist, some of the like X C-suite Fortune 500 executives who, who've come to me with a new business thing and they've done X and Y and Z. And I'm sitting there going, you have absolutely no understanding of compliance. Like all of this is completely illegal and it's going to take me nine years to explain that to you. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, if you're going to start a new business and need tracking, do yourself a favor, pay, invest in one that does it for you that you can afford before you start building it yourself. Because if you try and build it yourself and do all the tracking yourself, obviously you'll get in a lot of trouble. There's a a really great website. Um, I believe it's g2.com. And in terms of like tech software and marketing software, pretty much everything you can imagine, on there, uh, it'll, 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 you can look up all the different kinds of software you might want, depending on whether you're looking at project management or CMS or, or whatever you need sorted. The important part of the user reviews, they tend to be really detailed. So the people list what company size they're coming from, and they'll list what they used it for, what it worked for, and what it didn't. And it's really easy when being on an, uh, an on-product site to, to not be able to show, I'm going to go with this subscription service, or I'm going to go with this subscription service. I can't tell the difference. G2, these are, these are real users who are going to be like, oh yeah, this is great if you're an enterprise level company. This is not going to work if you're an SMB. So I don't put any money anywhere without cross-referencing on, on G2 and it hasn't put me wrong yet. That's excellent. Thank you so much for providing that. that that's an amazing uh, website to have. It's, you already provided more value than I, I can ever provide period. And the fact that you just gave this wicked site that can help uh, entrepreneurs figure out what is the best software for them is even better. It's so good. Oh, my other favorite free site, um, marketers, we all use this, particularly if you're in any kind of content marketing, or if you're doing SEO, you're wandering around keyword optimization, anything like that. There's this guy called Neil Patel. Oh, yes. Um, Neil is amazing. Yeah, he's a genius. Sign up for his newsletter for sure. Get him in your inbox every single week. He has a tool called Uber Suggest. And anytime I'm stuck for content, particularly if I'm trying to drive traffic to a specific client, I will usually um, go to his, his keyword suggest tool and, and look at some of his content suggestions. And he'll usually unlock like five to 10 ideas in your brain. And that's all free as well. Jesus. I've, I have his, uh, I'm on his email list as well as Noah Kagan from AppSumo. Mm. Um, yeah. I'm on both of their, uh, their email list and I haven't jumped into Neil's yet, but like one or two articles that he, he sends out, like, I love how he sends out, these are the articles for the week. Check it out. Yeah. And it, he gives you the little synopsis for it and it's great. And I've read a couple of them and I'm like, oh, this is gold. And have then, you, have you ever played around on Uber suggest the tool he built? No, I haven't. I haven't. I never even heard of Uber Suggest. So I'm going to be doing that pretty much the minute this podcast finishes, I'm jumping on it because I do have uh, two, two clients in my digital marketing that are looking to launch uh, SaaS products. Nice. For, uh, one is a uh, AI content creation for blogs and uh, content ideas. And the other mm. one is a SaaS uh, for uh, indie filmmakers to have a platform that they can put on and they can receive a revenue from their, um, their, their, their uh, indie film. That's so, cool. Yeah. It's like taking Netflix and the movie experience, movie, go, movie going experience into one. So that's uh, a smart idea. Yeah. And I'm, she, she the, it's, I'm so excited. We're doing a mini launch shortly. Uh, by the time this actually podcast comes out, 
we have we should have already done the uh initial like beta launch cool moving into the uh moving trying to get uh up to a million subscribers by the end of the year which is nice very doable now that the world is pretty much open on the internet yeah yeah it's interesting how how much higher some of my targets have, have suddenly gotten from clients Budgets stay the same. Yeah, budget stays the same. And you're like, I can do that. I can work with that. I have Facebook. I have Twitter. I can do that. But she's like, yeah, so we want to hit about a million dollars or a million subscribers by the end of the year. And I'm like, that's not that's not hard because you're a movie. I'm already I'm already in the movie world because of my first podcast. So I already have access to a huge network there. Plus, I know podcasting podcasters love being able to sponsor and i told her look give me like a give me a links for two day or two weeks subscriptions and i'll give those out to a whole bunch of podcasters and they'll love it yeah if you're listening and you're confused as to how he can know that he can make a, a million by the end of the year there are formulas that we use when we were talking about kpis mm-hmm. earlier you can take your budget you can take um you know the ne- the network size yeah the network size and then um a standard in- industry conversion rate it won't be exact but you can look a lot of up that are adjacent and then you can plug that in and get numbers and start to benchmark back and when we're starting with a digital marketing strategy and you give us a budget and a timeline when we're building it we're plugging everything into these formulas and tracking back and making sure that we can actually hit the the numerical deliverable targets that you want so if you're a digital entrepreneur sitting there going, how does he know a million? He absolutely does. You can Google this. And if Google isn't answering you and all of this is too confusing, you can find me on Twitter. Um, I will explain how at the end. I don't mind explaining this stuff because marketing is fun. These are toys. Oh, it's so much fun. Like before marketing was like this elusive like only rich people would understand marketing. You can't, but now like, <laughs> thanks to Google, like everything's online, everything is online, or you can find someone that will teach you. You have Skillshare that has courses. Udemy probably has courses. You can yeah. reach out to Sophia if you want. I'm pretty sure she'll help you out or give you advice yeah. on where to go. HubSpot right there, you know, Monster Insight as well. Like there's yeah. tons of places that are built specifically to help you and because they only care about helping other people get rich. And if you are more of a video learner, I would wreck you towards Moz. If you prefer to read stuff, I'd go to HubSpot. Google has a lot of stuff that you can like fiddle through and actively do without breaking. Mm. Um, Google Sheets, never forget Google Sheets. They have a billion sheets um, for marketers that give you a lot of templates and forms that are, are perfect. Google just the, the just the tools that Google has for their small business people yep. is amazing. Like if you're a digital marketer uh, or if you want to start going into the digital marketing, just learn some of the Google tools and go to yep. local restaurants and help them get online. Yeah. And absolutely. Right, right there you're like, look, I can help you bring in business, local business to you because you know, okay, Facebook, I just need in Montreal, I just need to go, okay, people who like Montreal, who are in Montreal and like pizza, boom. That's a difficult one though. You know, like I would have said a couple of years ago that you could have done that with confidence. Whereas now I think you might be advertising a, a service that's going to be a lot harder to deliver. Like r- at the moment, roughly 50% of location-based information is wrong. Oh. It's based on the last time the person logged into that app, which doesn't necessarily mean you know, you're targeting everyone within a mile of this restaurant with location-based targeting. I actually lost locked on the Wi-Fi when I was within a mile of that restaurant, but now I'm sitting at home on the other side of town and you just paid for a hit that you're not actually getting. And if that's 50% of your ad budget, shit, particularly if, you know, the average conversion rate in the restaurant industry last time I checked was something like 3.4%. So you look at 3.4% of 50, not even of 100, a small business can't then afford that. So, so there are ways to do these things, but anything that is going to in any way involve location-based or moving traffic from the digital space to bricks and mortar, that's become a lot more difficult in the last year and a half than it was previously. And I would say that SEO experts can do it. Um, I'm, I'm good at SEO. 
I don't charge people for SEO. I don't consider myself an SEO expert. I will write your digital marketing strategy. I'll write all of your content. I deliver 99% from soup to nuts of the entire product. The one thing I subcontract out is SEO because you have to be an expert or you're wasting people's money. Hmm. Okay. That's good. And, I, and right there, if you like learning about SEO, you can become an uh, expert in that and just sell that service. Absolutely. And it's, it's really important. Um, there are a lot of shitty courses out there. So check your user reviews before you bother to go and do any certification. I generally wouldn't do one through a university. No, no, don't, don't use universities. Unfortunately, are, are, I think universities are going to get more specific to uh, trade, more trade school, like, like doctors, lawyers, and that versus everything else is probably going to be YouTube and Google. What I would say, though, is if you're getting trained through the tech space, like the thing that I'm most excited about is when you say that you're working for an AI content creation company. Yeah. I am so excited by AI content creation because my sole USP in the market space is that my major expertise is writing. I'm a, I'm a very good writer. My pedigree as a writer is proven. That's why I don't necessarily need to go and ask for work. People come to me. Mm-hmm. It's it's being a writer. And most content out there is shit let's be honest it is mm-hmm. it's it's either fine or shit which is why when something's brilliantly written we share it and we'll spend 40 minutes on a long read which is not the kind of content we'll we don't give that that much of a time sink to anything else but really good writing grabs us because it's relatively rare ai is not that great yet it's fine good content written by a human can still beat it and will still be able to beat it for the next four, five, six years. And the Mm -hmm. more AI is taking up more of that space. If you are a human who is actually a truly talented writer and understands writing for marketing, which is a slightly different space, triple your prices. People will pay them. Oh yeah. If If you are better, you get the traffic. So yeah, the more you see AI coming in, if you're a good writer, start increasing your prices loftily. Yeah, and people like if, and the market will tell you how good you are by raise it a thousand dollars or triple your like like you said triple it, and the market will pay you. And if they're paying yeah. you at the triple rate, triple it again until the market stops paying you, or you'll find someone yeah. who will pay you at that level. And if you are hiring content creators, I mean, most of the packages out there will usually cost you about 2000 bucks a month for fully optimized SEO, three to five pieces of content a month. It seems like a lot of money. It's, it's actually a fair amount of work. If, if you're looking at buying those, ask them their average conversion rates, ask them, ask them subscriber rates, ask them how many email addresses they're getting. Like what is their success with the call to actions? You know, because if, if you write a blog post, there's a reason for that. You're, you're, you have a purpose in everything you're doing with content marketing. Either you want the holy grail, you want the email address, because that's the, the cheapest way to, to get someone forever and to be able to develop a personal relationship. Yeah. Um, or, or you want them to download a white paper or you want them to subscribe and start giving you five bucks a month. Your thing has a purpose. So in terms of this, this shit that they are creating, to what degree are they numerically delivering on that purpose across their client base and they should be able to show that to you they should have a a fact sheet and look at those numbers and if you have four or five companies that are all charging you two thousand bucks a month because that's generally the rate compare on those numbers and then when you come to an individual person because there are a bunch of us where it's it's a team of one or two people and we do niche work and our prices are not that ask why and you will understand why our prices are not that. And if you can afford it, I would say always go and find the the niche. I've had so much more success even on the agency level, dealing with agencies that are ultimately two people who create the content and they have maybe five or six people max that they work out to work with to do some of the optimization. That's that's brilliant because it's 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 just brilliant. It's smart because if they're charging more for their service, they have to be warranted that's that price. And usually they're experts and that's why they're niche. Like mo- most people, if someone is saying they're in content creation and they're working in any space, run. 
you know, like I, I have three spaces that I work in and I can work outside those spaces. My price is half if they don't come lower than that, because part of what you're buying is my expertise and understanding of, of that space. The fact that I'm not going to have to self-educate to, to understand what's behind your content. Like long form content is, is performing so much better on the internet. They used to say, oh, you want to put no more than 300 words and then an image. You don't want a, a blog piece to go over 1200 words. Now content over 3000 words is outperforming all of that. Yeah. It's, it's, it's because there were we want more information. We had we we're given so little information before. Now we're driving for information. We want to be yeah. educated. We want that information. And be and the reason why we're asking you, you have to ask what these matrices are and what your KPIs and that you want to hit is because before people were just lying to us. Yeah. Like and it's called this this longer form stuff, it's called pillar content, right? Because it's it's stuff that even an expert in your industry, everything they would want to know is in this one piece of content. And that makes it evergreen and it makes it eminently shareable. And honestly, a good blog post, a good 3000 word blog post, if you're not already holding the expertise in that subject, you're talking about six hours of work. And that seems insane until five years later where you're sharing that blog post for the fifth annual time and still getting 20,000 shares off it at which point you've monetized that six hours so many times over yeah the the cost per hour now is like hundreds of dollars versus the you know one or two dollars it was at the beginning yeah be, be careful with agencies and be careful with with content creation make sure that you're dealing with people who care about your subject mm -hmm. that's that's the that's the one thing like if they if like agencies big corporations that are handling this you're just a number to them. Mm -hmm. But with a small agent, a boutique agency, you're their life. <laughs> it's yeah. like, if you're going for a plumber, what do you do? Do you go on YouTube and try and figure it out how you do it? Or do you pay a professional to come and fix your toilet? Yeah, that's all it is. It's the it's the same thing with your digital marketers or your content creators. They their job is so specific to help you out that yeah, they're warranting the price like you you don't blink when it costs you a hundred dollars to call a plumber to fix something so why are you blinking when it costs you a thousand dollars for a content creator when you know that if they show you that they can convert a large portion of it it's, it's perfect for you but also remember particularly in the small business domain that there's always in-kind funding you know, like if you if you keep hearing us talking about having to pay people and you're you're sitting there and going, this is screwing 90% of my plans, this is digital entrepreneurship. You have no idea how much I've achieved in my career by trading. Oh yeah, me too. My first two clients, it was a, a I did it fully for free. Cause I yeah. one, I needed the the testimonial. So I'm like, look, I'll do it for free if you give me the testimonial. And they're like, sure, no problem. And so I helped them out and they loved what I did and they gave me the testimonial. So yeah. it's, it's, it's worth it. Sometimes, you know what? Okay. I should be charging you, but you, you, you're a big name and you have, uh, you're willing to give me a testimonial. I'll take that. And that can help me in the SEO because it's now linked to a bigger name or something, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and, and it's also like a, a good way to upskill in a new area. Like I recently had a client who came to me, um, and she's a personal trainer and she wanted to get a bunch more clients. And I was like, well, this, this doesn't necessarily interest me because it's, it's not actually enough work. You know what I mean? Like, that's not something to sink your teeth into. That's yeah, sure. I can set up you an Instagram localized ad campaign. Fine. That's 10 minutes <laughs> that, that's, on Monday. Yeah. That, I'll charge you $5,000 and that's 10 minutes of work. But okay. well, <laughs> I, 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 it was for a donation to the um, Black Trans Femme Solidarity Network. That's, so that's that amazing. was cool. Right. It's yeah. a really cool way. If, if you don't actually need the money sometimes and, and you actually would benefit by upskilling yourself, see if you can donate the money to charity or see if you can time bank it, turn around to that person and go, you owe me something. I'm going to collect it later. I don't want it now. Yeah. Just like, a, like I just got connected to a personal trainer, um, funny enough. And I'm like, you know what? I, my goal this year is to shed some pounds, get in shape. Maybe I'll help him on his digital marketing side and he can help me get in shape. You know, it's exactly scratch my back. I scratch your back and it's well, because here's the thing, right? Three months later, I got her so many clients that she's actually now looking at opening up a gym. 
And she's got a bunch of investors on board and I'm looking at the business plan and deciding whether or not I want to invest because I actually think there's some real money in this. <laughs> hey, I, w- there's no loss in it. You, you, you can invest a small amount. It works. You get money. Yeah. If it doesn't, you know, you're like, it's fair. I, I attempted, I learned that investing in gyms isn't the thing for me today. We just, we just had a, we had a meeting like two months in and she's like, I have too many clients. And I was like, okay wicked who do you else you know who trains and then the gym that she was training them all at it was a mate of hers and he was letting them train for free and he was like are you now basically running a gym out of my gym <laughs> yes i <laughs> this, am this is, this is not on and so she came to, she came around and she's like i don't know what to do and i was like okay let's mathematically calculate how many clients do you need to actually be able to afford to run a gym yourself and it turns out that she was nine clients short so let's go if you got there too many clients i'm pretty sure you could probably get her to that nine more clients that she needs. Oh, easily i mean we're well over it, yeah, i just I, I i just open the instagram ads a little bit more like it, it's not difficult particularly particularly if you're looking at instagram ads because i mean you have to be careful right um there was a 74 percent rise in social media advertising over covid which means mm. that like this is not as easy as it was last march you're now dealing with everyone just remember that people need to see an ad more than once a minimum of three times in 30 days to have any effect usually the magic number is somewhere around seven times but you want to test um one ad one purpose but you've never heard of a brand once and then gone in and bought the thing right that isn't how you work you've had to develop a relationship with the with the brand you can Google this. There's a thing called the marketing funnel. It works. Mm-hmm. There's a there's a lot of fuss now about how it's going away and this, that, and the other. They say that every three months, it's not going anywhere. It works. Google image it, look at what it is, understand it, and then start thinking, okay, what is the different purposes that each ad needs to have in a series to get the person to the result I want to get them? Like to, to get this personal trainer off using Instagram alone with a $50 a month budget to be oversubscribed inside three months. We didn't run one ad campaign on 50 bucks. We run super localized, very small ad campaigns and then we kept changing them. And we had such a small targeting group. I think we only in the end targeted, um, I think it was 9,000 people. I, I got super, super tight. And you have to be careful, you know, the tighter you get, the the less your reach. And so it, unless you're dead on with your psychographics, yeah. that's not necessary. She's a hot lesbian who was sitting there with a six pack working out in a sports bra. I was like, I'm just throwing you to Seattle lesbians. This is fine. It works. No, you're not. I'm, I'm not going to lie. Even that I'm not a lesbian nor gay. In I, any sense. You, want, you want the handle. I, I, I'm sorry. I'm a man. I want the six pack. So yeah. if you're showing me that a woman can do it and she's willing to take me on as a, as a customer, yes, I want the six pack. I'm going to come like, yeah, but you want that base first. Like you went for her a strong, solid base. And then she can, exp- now that she has her gym, she can start going out to the yeah. outside market of her niche. But she we, had to- we, we targeted granularly based on her identity. Also knowing that the queer group in particular is a group that backs our own. Mm-hmm. so the engagement and the social shares we got of her ads were insane and we backed the ad campaign so ads on instagram are always native they look like posts anyway yeah. which meant that we started you can make that work on the other side right um make the posts that you're actually having on your instagram look like your ads a little bit and then people will share your posts and then people are confusing your ads and your posts because they look exactly the same and you're getting double traction yep if that makes sense they're not scrolling past because they go ad scroll past. They go, oh, it might be a post. So true. Make it brand. You have to brand yourself uh, yeah. as the brand ambassador for it. Um, you so- had a you had a podcaster say that that he he knew you know curse words and and beers and and tattoos was was his market. And if if you know bearded dudes with tattoos is your market, fucking genius. There's millions of them. Go for it look, I'm one of them myself, like, and I know at least a dozen more that aren't on podcasts or that I would buy whatever for beards. Like I, the amount of stuff I bought by off bearded men is it's sad, really. 
Bearded men are lovely. I know. They I are love... generally the least problematic of all straight men, I find. Unless we're, we're they're right wing. Yes. We're big teddy bears. That's all it is. We're just big teddy bears. We we play with our beard and we're happy. And so yeah. I'll just, like, you know, just rub your nails through the beard and you got the bearded man will do whatever you need. Pretty much. The only the nicer person is the goth. Yeah, that's so true. The goth right? and the emo, I find, are the very nice people. Sometimes, yeah. sometimes too sad, but yes. it's okay. They, they're that's their niche. They, they enjoy the sadness, but yeah. they're the nicest people. They, because yeah. the reason is, is because I, what I find, and this is going into uh, my sociology mind, it's because they were the ones who were always tormented when they were young. Mm. So they're the most accepting when they're older. I get that. And that, that's all it is. And I'm like, you know what? There's more that we're similar than we're different. Like, yeah, I don't. The, the, the people who are worse when they're older are the people who um, tended to only live in one town and have never left it and, and really resolutely are sticking to that voluntarily mm. rather than haven't been able to, which is a different group of people. Yeah. Yeah, I've, I've, I'm very lucky. I'm very happy. I was pissed off when I was younger, but my dad, because of his job, made us move. So I was experience, I experienced different cultures and communities in my formative years. So now that I'm older, I'm like, I don't really care. I don't care. No wonder you're good at marketing. <laughs> it's thank you very much. That's a huge compliment. Um, and I just started. So I feel blessed that you're saying this uh, to me and we're coming to the end. I, I, I want to give you your, your, your time here, Sophia, to uh, market yourself, but you've pretty much market yourself this whole episode. Um, if again, people, if you have not got a, I've gotten like four pieces of great content just right here, just in the talking. And when I re-listen to it, I know I'm going to get more, uh, but the G2 website, Neil Patel, yeah. uh, Uber suggests Moz, like those will probably take any digital marketer to the next level. HubSpot, I forgot about HubSpot, you know. Yeah. Like, don't forget SlideShare. And if you have an old audience, advertise on Bing. It's cheap. They're there. I was just looking at Bing as well. And uh, I got a free course actually on Bing advertising. It's and good, actually. Yeah, it's it's another place that you can market that. You know what? Yes, the they're, they're more narrow than Google. Google is like everybody, but it's considered another niche that you can use. Yep. And, and so, yeah. So Sophia, if you have anything you want to uh, promote, go ahead. Maybe you have, want to promote for your clients or anything like that. You, this is your um, time. I don't really promote. I'm a digital marketing strategist and um, I rarely actually take on new clients. I have a pretty good stable, but um, sometimes I do. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Poet Walker. Uh, my DMs are open. You can't find me anywhere else on the internet. I set myself the goal at 21 of being good enough that I never needed to apply for a job again. Turns out the point where the United Nations commissions you to write something is the point where you never need to apply for a job again. Um, well, yeah, I, I, it's kind of like I wrote for the president or the leader of the free world. <laughs> Instead, you just went one above it. I wrote for the free world. <laughs> That's Thank not you. many people can say that. Like, I feel honored that I had the ability to talk with someone that was hired by the United Nations to handle their like written content. Cause that's... It was it was just one thing, but I will milk it till I die. And it was for the it was for the Paris COP15 climate change events. So it it feels like it particularly matters a little bit, so that we don't all burn to death. Well, yeah, you know, but still, you you have a you have a title that no one else can have. Well, unless they've written for and written for the United Nations and are a digital marketer. <laughs> but like, this is your bread and butter. Like, this is something you can throw out to a client. Go. Well, the other digital marketers didn't write for the UN, did they? Well, here's the shitty thing. Um, if someone's actually a properly good writer, they are on the NDAs the entire time. So when you come across one of us that's really good, we're going to give you one or two names. And those one or two names will be four to five years old. And that will be a legal constraint. So I can tell you another client was Public Health England. I can't tell you anything else. I can tell you if you're hiring a writer who's throwing name after name after name at you, they're kind of shit. <laughs> good to um, know <laughs> yeah at poet walker if you have any questions about any of this um i'm interested in helping entrepreneurs because we are all in it together and it's good fun 
Um, otherwise, Moz and HubSpot will help you out. And um, when you're really stuck, there are a lot of geek forums out there. Google your specific question plus the word forum and you will find the specific more niche places where, where people are willing to help you out. And you would be surprised how often throwing a question up on Quora gets it answered. Oh, Quora is another great place to get either uh, provide uh, content to help people or get mm -hmm. help. Remember, if, it's you have to if I was to a that. Yeah, if I was a podcaster, I would be on Quora all the time under anything topic adjacent, answering questions and throwing in podcast links in my answer. Oh yeah, I I, I do, I'm doing that now on Facebook with because I've luckily had so many different amazing uh, guests in my first season, and like people are like, oh, I have questions about editing. I'm like, this is the top three tips that my friend I interviewed about editing says. Here you can listen to the whole episode, and I've just seen my pod, like a podcasting jump because of it. Make each of those into an infographic and start throwing all this shit up on SlideShare. You should start thinking of yourself as B two B because you are. And oh, so I am. I've I, I've this year is straight B two B, and I'm cool. now that you told me about Slido, I'm going to go to Slido yeah. and put stuff up. Slido, there. LinkedIn, and I would also, um, if you don't yet look at, um, get advantage of Substack and get advantage of Medium. Medium, it is. I mean. Generally, um, blogs are, are very good for any kind of small businesses. Small, small businesses with blogs generate 126% more leads than those without. But Medium's an ability to, to put your blog post on a, on a speakerphone, so you might as well. Yeah, I'm, yeah, that's the, the plan. As soon as I can get one, one more client, I can leave my nine to five. <laughs> and do i can jump fully into it and that that's all it is it's i i know i'm gonna get that one one more client soon and do you have a strategy uh right now it's just using facebook just doing organic on facebook no paid yet and okay. uh just simple like that I'm, I'm slow i'm not in a rush i have the goal at the end of the year by my birthday and it's already like i already have the two, two clients i just need like one more and I'm done and it's already eight days into the year. So I'm not if worried. You, if you wanna um, have a, any kind of strategy session or anything like that for free before you leave your nine to five, um, I'm a hundred percent backing anyone who's, who's willing to take a risk on themselves. So get back in touch, share my contact details and I'm, I'm willing to spend some time and go through any of your stuff and oh give you God. some pointers. Thank you. Oh my God. Like my jaw has hit the floor out of this value packed episode. Like this is gonna be, my first episode of 20 uh, for the next season because it's so amazing. Thank you. But no, seriously, hit me up because if you're, if you're taking the leap, I will 100% back you. I, I, you 100%, you will be the, when I leave my, before I leave my nine to five, we're getting on another Zoom call and we're going to discuss everything I should be in stra strategically in place. And cool. I'm going to do you one better. Once we finish this, I'm going to let you know about uh, an actual huge client of mine that probably would be beneficial uh, and I'll put you in touch with them. Thank you. That's really kind of you. You're very welcome. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I am Philip. She's been Sophia, the, the goddess of knowledge for digital marketing. Um, thank you so much for being here and investing in my guests and investing in me. And so if she's willing to invest in me, invest in yourself, guys. She's provided <laughs> you with so much knowledge. That's why the show's called Invest in Yourself. Um, she's provided you with a whole bunch of knowledge and this is the first episode. Just imagine what the rest of my episodes will have. So again, Sophia, thank you so much and everybody have a great night. Ladies and gentlemen, the amount of help that Sophia has given to me after this episode with just the advice for my client, but also that offer to help me uh, when I decide to go solo is amazing. So I can't thank her enough for being encourage you if you have any questions you know reach out to her at her twitter the handle is down below and with that being said guys i have great news um, i finished the book it's starting to be it's already been sent to lloyd uh if you don't know who lloyd is you'll hear him later on he's reading it he loves it i've sent it to other people to edit to make it more better so it's coming along i'm so so excited for you guys to read if you want to get a copy, 
send me an email at book at fillbetterinc.com and I will send you the link once it goes live so that you guys can order it. Whether it's you're listening to this now as it's released or later on, send me that, send me an email and I'll guarantee you I will get the link to book. I thank you again for listening and remember to invest in